Have you ever asked yourself, am I a bad therapist? Well, you're in the right place. I'm Allie Joy, licensed professional counselor and board certified art therapist. And I'm Katherine Scare, a clinical psychologist, and this is Am I a Bad Therapist? Join us each week for stories from behind the closed therapy door. You'll hear experiences that made us ask, am I a bad therapist? Including bloopers, jaw droppers, and other difficult moments that normalize the unique struggles of modern day therapists. This is a space with no experts, no gurus, and no hierarchies, just humans sitting in similar chairs. And while we're not the gatekeepers for good and bad therapy, because we're bad therapists too, we are here to shine a light on the difficult decisions therapists face on a daily basis and to normalize that mysterious gray area of clinical practice that no one wants to talk about. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is Plush Care. Plush Care is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weightloss. That's plushcare.com slash weightloss. Look, Bumble knows you're exhausted by dating. All the, must not take yourself too seriously, and 6-1 since that matters, and what do I even say other than, hey? <sighs> well, that's why they're introducing an all-new Bumble. With exciting features to make compatibility easier, starting the chat better, and dating safer. They've changed so you don't have to. Download the new Bumble now. So, Catherine, if I asked you to come up with the most, like, unexpected, outrageous, wild situation that could happen in the therapy session, what comes to mind? Uh, the therapist falls asleep? Mm, well, we're not talking about your previous therapist, who I think you've shared before <laughs> on the podcast, fell asleep in your session, if I'm right. Uh, yeah, you're right. I do like her, though. It happens, I guess. Well, unexpected things come up all the time for us as therapists, but we are going to hear a very unique story today from Brandy involving a gaggle of geese, if you believe it or not. And you will not believe what she learns from this experience and what her client takes away either. And not to worry, no therapists, clients, or geese were harmed in this story. And just a reminder, this episode is not a substitute for a clinical consultation, ethical guidance, or therapy with geese itself. All right. This is episode number 54 of Am I a Bad Therapist? Let's get into it. Randy, welcome to the podcast. Hi. Thank you so much, Catherine and Allie. I'm glad to be here. Well, before we get into a situation that made you wonder if you're a bad therapist, why don't you tell us a little bit about yourself? 
Okay. Well, I'm a licensed professional therapist out of the Dallas, Texas area. I've been in practice for around eight years. I started out in eating disorder nonprofit and then an eating disorder hospital. I've also worked in substance abuse treatment. Um, I'm trained in a therapy called emotional transformation therapy, and that led to a lot of trauma work. And I love doing that. It's very similar to EMDR. And I, except it uses kind of light and color as the um, stimulus for the amygdala and uh, transforming those emotions. So lately, I've been working a lot with neurodivergent affirmative care, and I have a, actually a pretty high number of therapists who are my clients or becoming therapists or retired therapists. Um, so that's something that I really love to do. Have you heard the joke of the master therapist? It's no. like every, it's like you need to tell it, goal, Catherine. I don't know if I'm gonna explain it correctly, Alice. You might have to support me on this, but the goal is to get to the master therapist. So you find out who you're the therapist that you're seeing, who their therapist is, and then you find out who their therapist is, and you go back all the way up to the master therapist, which might be you. So that's pretty cool. We have you on the podcast today. Well, I have a therapist too, so it doesn't stop oh, me. We gotta go another step. We are close though to the top. Amazing. Well, well, we are thrilled to have you on here. And even though you are a therapist to many therapists, tell us about why you might be a bad therapist. Okay, well, we're talking about a specific instance back when I think I was a newer therapist and um, I was experimenting a little bit, like getting getting my feet under me. And I had a particular client um company for treatment of PTSD. That was nothing out of the normal. And at this particular office that I had, we had a big pond. And so sometimes, you know, knowing bilateral stimulation helps process trauma. And so walking can be really helpful. We were doing, I, I had decided to do a little bit of walk and talk therapy and I quite enjoyed it. It wasn't like a huge portion of my practice, but with certain clients. Um, and I happened to mention that to this particular gentleman and we really had, a, I think it was maybe session two or three, something like that. And he was like, I would love to go outside and do walk and talk therapy today. The weather's beautiful. I mean, and I was a little excited because the weather was really nice. And sometimes you can feel a little cooped up in your office. Mm -hmm. Oh, yeah. Uh, so. Yeah, so the sidewalk kind of went around the pond and we were walking. We'd made it not very far and I noticed there were actually geese kind of congregated around the sidewalk. So I started walking around the sidewalk to kind of create a wide berth around the birds because I'd heard in passing that geese can be kind of aggressive. Um but and I said to him, "Hey, Let's walk around the sidewalk so that we don't get near the geese. He makes a beeline, doesn't even listen, makes a beeline towards the geese. And I mean, I'm kind of recalling this. It's like slow motion, just like you recall a traumatic memory. And I, I don't know exactly what he was planning to do, but it looked as though he was trying to pet a goose. Oh no! And I don't know if you've ever seen a geese, a goose like hiss slash squawk. 
but when their mouth opens wide, it, it, it almost looks like they have teeth. So this was all very alarming. And the next thing I know, the goose starts charging him, but not just one goose, the whole gaggle of geese begin to charge my client. I'm looking on in horror. I start running after him. The two of us are racing around this giant pond with a whole gaggle of geese running after us. He's full on triggered. I'm freaking out and we're running as fast as we can. It was all very alarming. <laughs> and oh even God. as I'm running, I can remember thinking, what in the world am I going to do? <laughs> how do you, oh, Brandy. <laughs> how do you take care of a situation like this? So I'm panicked. I'm thinking, what is his family going to think? They brought him to therapy. And just all these wild thoughts going through my head, all whilst running. Um, and we luckily managed it like back to like near the parking lot where the sidewalk ends and the geese quit ch chasing us. Thank goodness. Um, but he's super activated, like pupils dilated, like full on and fight or flight. Well, flight, obviously. And I'm super dysregulated as well. And I'm thinking, how am I going to help him calm down? Because I'm over the top and just like activated as well. So. Oh, my gosh. So I'm mean, sorry for laughing, Brandon. I know. <laughs> but I'm picturing being your office mate and looking out the window and seeing you and your client being chased by geese, knowing you're all safe now. I'm laughing at this. Yeah. <laughs> oh, my goodness. I also no. um, I have to commend your instincts because even like you had said, even though you are obviously super dysregulated, all these thoughts are running through your head. You still said that you ran to yes. your client yes. to face off a gaggle of geese. Brandy, like that is dedication to the work that you do. I have to say. <laughs> Thank you. I, I have also been subject to a goose attack, and they are no joke. They are very scary. They are very aggressive. For any of you listening who think this might be silly, these are not ducks. These are geese. They come up to your knees or thighs. <laughs> like, they're scary. They're much bigger than you yes. would think. And, yeah, see, I had heard in passing that they could be aggressive. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And to be fair, like your client was getting in their space. So, I mean, I'm not going to say who's right or wrong, but I'm glad everyone got out unharmed. I, I do right. have a, the one of the first things that came into my head as you're describing running with your client. Did you outpace him or her? Like, <laughs> what was the speed? And did you did you slow down so you stayed together? What was that like? We kind of ran side by side. Thank okay. goodness I did not outpace them because I think this story would have ended far differently. <laughs> right. I'm thinking safety wise. I'm like, what would I have done if I could have outpaced them? Would I have outpaced them? Did that go through your head? <laughs> that I don't remember that going through my head because even though like. I'm instinctually, part of me is instinctually like fleeing a geese attack. The other yeah. half of my brain is like trying to care for a mm -hmm. client. I don't know, kind of like a motherly instinct or something, even though obviously like it's a totally different situation. <laughs> no, that's exactly what I was thinking about. I would have been, oh my God, my safety, but also, oh my goodness, my client safety. So that pacing question actually was humorous, but I really did think about, <laughs> wow, you were balancing prioritizing your safety and your clients. And that's what you were trying to hold in the, in like the few, how long did this go on for? Probably, it probably felt like forever, but it very quickly. Like forever. 
but mm-hmm. I don't know that it was really that long. I have no gauge for how long it actually was. Maybe it was like three minutes. Maybe it was five. It felt like a 15 minute, 20 minute thing, but I'm sure it wasn't really that long. Yes. My mind is also going to, can you imagine the malpractice claim that this right. would look like? That something is like, first, thank goodness it didn't happen. Yes. That was like my first thought was like, there is nothing in my informed consent about geese attacks. Right. Like I am not, my insurance is not covering this situation. Just imagine someone reading a claim that says like, like, Flipping through like client goose attack, like what? <laughs> I have a humble request that if anyone listening has had a, an experience submitting such a claim or works for an insurance company, please email us at at our website. <laughs> mm-hmm. We're dying to know. Oh my gosh! So, Brandy. So it sounds like all of these thoughts are running through your head. You're fleeing the gaggle of geese with your client, you make it to, sounds like the parking lot, kind of where your office is, and they've stopped chasing you. They're activated. You're dysregulated. What happens next? Yeah. So next I'm kind of ushering him back into the office, like through the lobby. I was like, please don't let there be anyone in the lobby. <laughs> please don't. And we're walking through the lobby, get into my office. And I just started kind of pulling out some of my trauma tools. And I'm trying to relax my muscles, trying to slow down my breathing, trying to get myself regulated. But all the while I'm having thoughts like, is this person ever going to come back to therapy? What is this family going to say? And then I'm like, okay, slow down, get back into the present moment. And uh, I think we were able to kind of calm him down, but he wasn't out of full activation before leaving. Um, And I said, do you want me to come talk to your family? And he was like, no, I feel like I can explain it. And I was like, are you sure? (laughs) And then I'm thinking, well, how would I even explain it? I don't know that his story would be any different than mine. So he was able to kind of calm down. But I remember kind of like holding my breath until he came in for his next session because I really wasn't sure he was ever going to come back. I was kind of shocked, actually, when he did walk through the door for his session the next week. Let's pause here for an ad break. Jane is an all-in-one practice management software that can help you manage your practice with a suite of features that make it easy to meet with individuals, couples, families, and more. Here on Am I a Bad Therapist, we know that two of the most important things to us as therapists are confidentiality and our time. Thankfully, Jane understands that reliability and security are very important parts of running a private practice. Jane's cloud-based software is accessible wherever you have Wi-Fi, and their team is always ready to lend a helping hand. Jane is HIPAA and PEPIDA compliant, and your data is stored safely in the country you practice in. So no matter where or how you practice, Jane's always with you in the most secure and helpful way possible. Not only does Jane help us protect our clients, but they help us protect our time too with features like calendar syncing, note templates, online booking, and they have automated reminders and workflows, which you know we love on Am I a Bad Therapist? And you can learn more at jane.app slash mental health. You can also mention the code bad therapist for a one month grace period on your new Jane account. Psst. Hey, listeners. 
it's Catherine here, and I'm coming to you today because Allie's not the best at bragging on herself. And I want to remind you all that she has an incredible resource available for free at our website, cccs.care. Allie's Creative Intervention Library is full of easy interventions that even non-art therapist clinicians like me can use with clients of all ages. Every intervention has a list of materials, an entire process video where you watch Allie doing it, and a written description and steps so you can follow along at home. Plus, she even has a list of diagnoses that might find this creative intervention helpful. So if you want to access a totally free library of interventions for when you feel stuck with clients, check out Allie's website, cccs.care, and sign up for free today. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do it. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. Your brain needs support. And new Ollie Brainy Chews are a delightful way to take care of your cognitive health. Made with scientifically backed ingredients like Thai ginger, L-theanine, and caffeine. Brainy Chews support healthy brain function and help you find your focus, stay chill, or get energized. Be kind to your mind and get these nootropic chews at ollie.com. That's O-L-L-Y dot These statements have not been evaluated by the Food and Drug Administration. This product is not intended to diagnose, treat, cure, or prevent any disease. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. And now let's circle back to the show. Now, why did you expect him not to come back? We had not been in therapy for very long. And he came to therapy for PTSD and then got traumatized by the process of therapy. So, <laughs> so that, you know, I think you just summarized why this is a triggering bad therapist moment. They come, yes. they come for trauma therapy and they get traumatized by Keith. Right. Exactly. So I still could see it though as a bonding moment. Like I feel like if that happened to me with a therapist, I'd be like, we're, we're together forever now. Like we can never leave. Like we can never part because of the that bond we share. Together. Well, and that is kind of what happened. He said, I've been to a lot of therapists and seeing you be so human and kind of fall apart a little bit in the moment helped me feel so much more comfortable with you. And my brain did go to like, ooh, are we trauma bonded or... Yeah. Or is this a legitimate bond where, you know, magic can happen? Oh, I did not. I am. I am incredibly impressed that your client was able to recognize that and then articulate that to you. That's amazing. And such a gift to you. 
Yeah, absolutely. He had some experience in therapy. And I think one of the things he really disliked about therapy was like that hierarchical kind of feeling of I'm the therapist, you're the client. And this very much humanized me (laughs) for him. Oh my God, that's such a gift. That's so, Catherine, like you're saying, I feel like it's Mm -hmm. uh, unexpected, but also Mm -hmm. I can see, like, again, that bond there and that connection. Um, So it sounds like the client came back. Did you continue your work together? Did it come up? How did you process it post Mm -hmm. like the come Mm -hmm. down from that day, like a week later or however long after? How did you process it? We actually kind of dived into trauma work probably much sooner. Like, you know how with EMDR, you would work up to it. You would So we just kind of jumped straight into it and used his memory of being chased by geese as like a miniature kind of trauma to see how his brain would react to some of the different tools that I use in my practice. And uh, it worked really well as the catalyst um, into helping him feel comfortable with the process of how that particular modality works. Um, And then just a lot of joking and building rapport. It was definitely a bonding experience. I, I I don't know if you have a better rapport bonding experience, or I guess it could have gone either way, but I'm glad that this went in a really good direction. I can see how this could be, like Ali was saying, a really good rapport and relationship building. I I am dying to know, though, did you ask him, why did he go towards the geese? A great question. I did, and but without trying to, like, implicate him, right. like, guilt, guilt-wise. Right. And his... He was like, well, you knew I struggled with impulse control, and it seemed like they were kind of walking up to me, so okay, I, thought I'd right. give, I thought I'd give it a go. <laughs> all right. I can see that. I can see that thought process. So it was just uh, probably not recognizing the aggression of geese. Right. Gotcha. And not gotcha. listening to my warnings, which is why I said, if I ever do walk and talk therapy again, because I was pretty scared to do it again. I was like, I, it has to be, and I could, had known this previously and had only really tried it with clients who I had a much deeper rapport with, but like, you know how if someone's warning you about something, there's a seriousness to their tone. I We didn't have the level of rapport where I think he recognized the emergency tone of my voice, mm-hmm. it, you know. That's a really good consideration when we think about what clients are appropriate to take on walk and talks. Um, and I don't know if I've actually considered, sometimes I do walk and talks as a rapport building experience, but that actually could be counterindicated if we can't communicate effectively in emergent situations on walk and talks. I think I hadn't thought about that. Thank you, Brandy. Right. And the thing about outdoors is it's, it's a totally uncontrolled environment. Mm-hmm. And so any number of things could probably happen when you're outdoors. And I actually was talking to a therapist later on who was an outdoor therapy specialist, and uh, she was suggesting a lot of unusual things for the informed consent and had a whole slew of like the kind of things with wild animals and other people and situations you can run into. And uh, the confidentiality was already in my consent. Like if you're agreeing to walk and talk therapy, you know that there's a certain level of confidentiality that's not protected and that kind of thing. But a lot more considerations than you would possibly think. 
Yes. Oh my gosh. This reminds me of I when I worked in schools, so often I would take students to walk around the building outside or we would do art outside, do chalk, things like that. And I feel like it was always that big conversation of thinking about safety, trying to communicate with others of like, so someone knows where you are. Like, And I would, again, talk about that and different things, but there's always a situation that comes up that you could never plan for. You could never plan for a goose attack in your informed consent. No. Like things came up, like we were walking by um like people playing basketball and like a ball came flying at us like you know I think of situations like that yeah. where again you can't plan for it and I feel like this illustrates such a great point for us as therapists that our work can be genuinely so unpredictable and we have to in a millisecond think uh-huh. about how to navigate a situation and mm-hmm. again whether it's a goose a basketball literally anything else that has come up in a session it's such a tricky part of our work it's really tricky. I can relate to even in like indoor sessions, like yes. where power has gone out and you're in a dark hallway with no windows. How do you navigate that? Like even beyond walk and talk, weird things, unexpected things do happen in our therapy sessions. Oh man. I mean, we could have an entire podcast show on unexpected things happening during telehealth sessions, oh but in gosh. person, it definitely happens too. Like you must wear shirts to telehealth sessions, like things you thought that you would never have to say. <laughs> or you must get out of bed. Yes, 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 yeah. yes. And um, well, I imagine it doesn't matter. Yeah, it's all of the unexpected things that happen at schools, like with the basketball. I know I feel like to some extent my work in a hospital an eating disorder hospital kind of prepared me for that because before getting my license, I was a tech. So I was doing therapy as a technician and just all kinds of situations would arise. And we even had to get trained in restraint mm-hmm. of uh, patients, but it had to be a special kind of training for anorexics in case they had lower bone density and things like that. Mm-hmm. So you just never knew in the hospital what was going to happen. So I'm I, hopefully that's something that, uh, helped me become more of a rock in this situation, but I would have to go back and ask the client, (laughs) was I actually calm or was I just totally dysregulated? One thing, Brandy, that that highlights is just for all, I know we have a lot of pre-licensed or graduate students listening to our show. And that's one piece of advice or experience that I really want you to hold on to. And that is some of these rotations or practicums or internships or postdocs that you're doing might not be at your forever site or where you actually want to end up, but you are learning invaluable skills that might not come up in the same type of environment again, but you'll use those skills again eventually in a different type. Um, So absolutely take, learn whatever you can from any of those sites, Brandy. That was a really great example of how an inpatient setting can really help you in these walk and talk moments of geese attacks. (laughs) I like that wraparound. Yeah. Oh my gosh. So Brandy, it sounds like um, you learned a lot from this experience. Um, I'm wondering, did any other changes come about? Like, again, we can't really Mm -hmm. put goose attacks in informed consent, um, but what did anything come from outside of this client? Any reflections or changes you made to your um, practice, your policies, things like that? Well, it really allowed me in very real time to notice are the strategies that I'm giving my clients who struggle with trauma and trauma activation, do these tools and, you know, deep breathing, relaxing your muscles, like focusing on the bottom of your feet, you know, 
naming every color of the rainbow, counting, whatever works for them. Can I use those in real time to kind of help myself deactivate as well in a very real, you know, situation uh, in front of a client? So that was a good thing to number one, acknowledge that first you have to get an acceptance of the situation. Like this is the situation that I'm in. I cannot change it. And I really think that's an overlooked piece of some of the trauma work because sometimes we want to fight that situation Mm -hmm. and instead of instantaneously resolving it, just accept, okay, I'm a little bit activated here. And Mm -hmm. this was a totally unexpected situation. And now I just need to accept that it's happening and focus on some of my strategies to calm down. And um, some of them worked, some of them didn't in the moment. And in addition to that, I think- Oh, I'm sorry, go ahead. Go ahead. I was going to say, if only we could do like a controlled stress test, (laughs) like that's not ethical. And I know that, but uh, I can't help but deny saying like, oh, that's very interesting to see how we deal with something. Yeah, it really is. You took an opportunity there. That's, I mean, I love that too. Not that we can purposefully inflict that on anyone, but you saw the chance and you like, that's actually an amazing outcome of this situation that I didn't even recognize thinking about your story, um, that you were able to see the results of these things in real time. That's awesome. That's awesome. Yeah. And, and how effective and ineffective it was and whether or not I was doing a great job of co-regulating with him. And then on top of that, I think afterwards, I talked to my consultation group about it and they were very supportive of that. There's no way you could have planned for that. But they they all, I feel like, were afraid to do outdoor therapy because there are a lot of geese that I'm, not gonna lie. I'm thinking about this pond and I'm like, if geese live on this pond, this is going to happen over and over again. Right. Like, this isn't going to stop. Yeah. And so, I feel like talking to a group of therapists is so tremendously helpful and so important because yeah. it was kind of like going out into private practice. It's such a safety net to have a group that you meet with every week or once a month that you can really connect in and they can support you through that process. And they gave me a lot of tips for working with that particular client. And that was really helpful. Mm, We love that. And you know, we can't speak more highly of consultation groups on most underutilized burnout and clinical resource for therapists. Absolutely. They're, they're priceless. They're priceless. Mm -hmm. I'm glad you had one immediately after the session or, or, you know, you had one existing prior to this goose attack because you, you had that group that trusted group of peers to go to with this really unusual event that isn't in a textbook or online on how to handle it. That's why these consultation groups exist. I'm glad you had one. Thank you. I definitely. So it sounds like that's some good advice of like having a consultation group, right? For these unexpected situations. But what other advice, Brandy, would you give to a clinician who is maybe finding themselves in a very unexpected situation? Hopefully not geese, but anything similar, aligned, unexpected. What would you say to them for navigating through it? Well, I would probably give them the cliche of like, we're all perfectly imperfect humans learning and growing the same as just everyone else. And that you can use a lot of what you're witnessing about yourself because it's weird as a human that we can have an experience and witness it at the same Mm -hmm. time, right? That's a unique Mm -hmm. part of our consciousness and to utilize that as a learning tool. And instead of seeing it as a failure, 
or as I'm good or bad, you know, take it out of the black and white. And like, what can I learn from this experiment? How can, or this experiment, (laughs) it really was an experiment in how to deal with trauma. Um, An accidental experiment. (laughs) But use that experience uh, to better understand yourself. And um, I think also learning to kind of mirror that for your clients. I know I had to apologize to him. Granted, he was the one who walked up to the goose, but I still felt like, hey, I owe you an apology for this, uh, you know, thing that you went through outdoors as a part of the process of therapy and really taking accountability where I felt like I should. Uh, And that really models a lot for them, too, um, that they don't have to be then perfect in therapy. And I really feel like if you've gone through your degree and you're doing your hundreds and hundreds of hours, like you are capable and, you know, get support around the things that make you feel uncertain of yourself. But imposter syndrome is probably something we never really outgrow. And maybe it makes us better therapists. I love Brandy. I love that too. And I'm so grateful that you brought this story to the network. And we hope to hear more from you as you have more bad therapist moments because they, <laughs> they, we just keep having them because we're humans, right? And we're mm-hmm. all bad therapists. So, Brandy, thank you so much. You're welcome. Thanks so much for having me. This was wonderful. If our listeners want to connect more with you outside the podcast, where can they find you? Uh, my website is www.brandycreinhardt.com. I also have an Instagram account. I believe it, it's Brandy Reinhardt Counseling is the Instagram tag. I need to double check. Um, yeah, so that's those are the two places they can find me. Perfect. We will link those in the show notes. Thanks, Brandy. Thank you so much. And that's it. The OG bad therapists, Allie and Catherine, are signing off for the week. Make sure to subscribe and leave us a review. We pick a few lucky five-star reviewers to shout out and invite for a 15-minute consultation with the both of us to talk about anything on your mind. From clinical work to podcasting, we're game. Just make sure to leave us your name and location in the review. Are you a bad therapist and want to be on the show? Go to abadtherapist.com and tell us your story. Our podcast is produced and edited by my amazing husband, Austin Joy. He also created the music for our intro and outro. You can find this song along with many others on any music platform under the artist Air for Effect. And if you're a bad therapist starting your own podcast or wanting to level up the one you already have, contact Austin for his full suite of podcast and sound production services. You can find him on Instagram at Air for Effect. And don't forget, we're all bad therapists.